Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Excuse me, sir. Do you, do you mind if I just show you some, some card tricks? So, you know, a very long time ago when there was this ancient but thing... Bugger off. I'm, I'm just in the middle of my apple crumble and custard. Can't you see I'm busy? Where have these accents come from, sir? Neither of us speak like this normally. Oh, dear. I don't know, hello. but hello, everyone. <laughs> hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 71 of the Successful Mentalist podcast. My name is Aidan O'Sullivan, and I'm joined by my very good friend, co-host and crumble eater, Mr. Ashley Green. Count Ashley Green, I'll have you know. <laughs> this is absolutely ridiculous. Well, today, there's a question that that's on our minds an awful lot and we're always exploring experimenting with this but it's not something that we've really dived deep into in anywhere across the tsm platform uh, to be honest we've referenced our thoughts and, and loose philosophies in previous episodes but we want to kind of have this conversation here and now and it's all about approaching groups because at the end of the day this is the big thing right now everybody's getting back into performing and everyone's for the most part is doing the same thing hi i've been invited to perform by the event booker or insert person here or hi i'm the magician would you mind if i spent some everyone's doing it in the same way which is leading to a lot of different problems and let's just get stuck straight in ashley how do you approach groups as of the time of this recording well i certainly don't intru- <laughs> interrupt them during apple crumble um and i certainly don't do it with weird accents uh look I mean, my philosophies are this, and, and just to take a quick detour a second, um, so my ideas really kind of solidify. The introduction, I would argue, and I'll ask you in a second, surely is the most important part. They, they say that we get judged within the first few seconds of approaching someone, like in, a, in an interview or when we meet people for new, uh, in new situations, they look at how you dress, what you're doing, whether they want to spend time with you, whether they're interested, whether they think you're going to be danger or a friend. So all of this is running through people's minds in the first few seconds. So surely, Mr. Mindset Psychological Guru, Aiden, this is probably one of the most important things that we need to master if we want to do a good close-up set. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not the only thing that you need to focus on in order to have a good close-up set. But at the same time, if you're not putting the right amount of attention on it, it can be very detrimental because we are a naturally biased species. We are a judgmental species based on our culture, our upbringing, our natural psychological tendencies and patterns. So that even if we say, oh, I'm not judgmental, oh, I I don't judge people, you do through unnatural uh, or completely natural un conscious biases that are actually stuck in your brain and and people do this like people it it takes a lot of work to even identify which biases you have to let alone unwind them so we have to know that as we're approaching groups and as we're meeting people for the first time yeah we got to get this this intro right otherwise it people will either love us they'll either put up with us or they'll just not be interested or shoo us away 
partly because they're eating apple crumble, but it's such an important point. And it's probably one of the reasons that the, the whole magic and mentalism industry obsesses over the, what's your favorite opener for stage? What's your favorite opener for close up? Because the, like that whole philosophy has been thrown and as with everything else in the magic and mentalism world turned into tricks when it's not about the tricks and and that's kind of where that comes in we've got to have a short sharp flashy opener because that's what's going to prove the point set the 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 precedent of what's about to happen prove i'm good and all of that kind of stuff when actually that's kind of almost like a backward logic and it could be damaging you more than it's actually helping you but again we'll talk close up for now because stages like it's very different it, it plays a slightly different game even though the principle is still there yeah i mean the principle is you will <laughs> you've got people who are already expecting you already interested in you you just have to show up and and introduce and still be good because they're still going to judge you but it's a different environment entirely and the fact that there's maybe a hundred a thousand ten thousand eyes on you instead of about five or seven at a table but you've outlined something there that i absolutely hate companies advertising tricks as the perfect opener the perfect this perfect it's just marketing to get you by it so they can line their pockets in reality look the successful mentalist is the no bs performer centric magic company i'm telling you right now from a non-biased point of view it would be very easy for me to say hey aiden's witch hand is a perfect opener go and buy it but no like you don't need tricks to open I'm not here to flog you something. I want to tell you the real deal. And this leads into exactly what I do as an opener. I hate it when people are busy and people try and force themselves on people. I hate it when people do these flashy things and try and force themselves on people. I hate it sitting there and having magicians come up to me asking permission if they can come and entertain because it's a weird thing that i thought about for years aiden you know when i go out i, I charge like a the four figures a few thousand to entertain close up uh, at events and, and weddings for example and the person's booking me because they know it's more than just tricks i do i'm gonna leave their guests with a much better feeling a much better vibe they're gonna be in more talkative mood a more uplifted mood and now they're gonna be engaging with different groups so they want me to go round and entertain every group and bring the different groups together so it seems it seems weird and jarring in my head that i'm asking each person individually if if i go up it's just my own personal thoughts of what i find weird and and this links into my current kind of opener approach it's all rolled into one without really any tricks um, it does set me up nicely for tricks however but it, it's the whole process of getting people in that welcoming mood so they're excited so that they're interested so that they want me and will me over and they want to see what I'm about to do. They're curious about what I want to do. And they're more prepared to stay around for the next five, ten minutes and watch the close-up routines and genuinely give a damn and genuinely be interested in in, in the things I'm doing and the experience that they're going to have. Because I've sparked curiosity. And I do it like this. So picture this. I rock up at a gig and this is the way I, I start. 90% of gigs, first of all. Loads of people around and... And I walk out and I start performing when there's no groups, not tricks, but based on my character. I start acting weird, staring at people, staring them down, looking at them, judging them, acting as if I'm getting in the head and I get this intuitive vibe. This is all what I'm acting and sensing. I got a few people look at me like, who's the creep? <laughs> and 
then I start going a bit further. I'm, I'm looking at different groups and I'm really staring them down. And rather than doing the old thing, you know, where you, you sometimes stare at someone and, and when they stare back, you're like, oh, I wasn't looking at you. And you shut away and it's this awkward thing of, they're like, oh, I wasn't looking at you. And you're like, I wasn't looking at you. And you kind of look away and it's incredibly awkward. You know, I make it more awkward. They stare back at me and I just maintain the eye content. I just stare, stare into their void. I'm stealing their soul. I'm staring right in and they're like, oh, what? And, and when they catch me, they look away. And they go back to their group. And then they're like, is this creep still staring? So they turn back around. They're like, oh my gosh, he's still staring at me. Oh, what is happening? And then I start scribbling. Like, my inner monologue, my act inside, what I'm feeling, the vibe inside is like, I'm sensing something with my intuition. Something's coming through and I'm scribbling down on a piece of paper. Like thoughts and ideas. And then I start to approach and now this person's like, uh, guys, uh... This person's staring at me and he's walking right towards us and then everyone stops their conversation dead in the track and they start looking at me as I approach from the other side of the room and when I get there everyone's silent staring wondering what's about to happen and I hand them the piece of paper and it's can you look after that and they're like uh yeah but what have I done there Aiden I've created what we speak about a lot this this open loop everyone is so damn curious who I am why I'm a creep what I'm doing what's on that paper what's about to happen what's about to unfold it's no longer a magic trick it's no longer a card trick it's an experience a thing and I'm about to do something and and answer their question of what's in the paper what do you want I've sparked natural curiosity I've sparked natural interest and that's why they're now going to give a damn and stay interested for the next five or ten minutes and this has been something that's evolved, Aiden, for really the past uh, past few years. And it's at a point now where it works time and time again at every single place I perform. And I no longer have to have the awkward intros and I no longer have the, oh, no, we don't we don't like magic. Please move on. It's everyone's like, um, what do you want? You're slightly weird. What is this? They're curious. They want to see something. And that is how I approach groups. Yeah, that sounds bloody weird to me. <laughs> if I'm perfectly honest, that is definitely not my cup of tea. But but that just proves the point at the end of the day, how important it is to consider these things based on your character and your presentation. For example, if you're upbeat and you've got this quirky energy, a bit like myself, then approaching by staring at people and, and, and all of that kind of stuff, yeah, no, it's not going to work. It'll probably leave you feeling more uncomfortable than them, uh, if I'm honest. But yeah, for me, it's... Like anybody that knows me knows that I love building my entire act, my shows, my repertoire, if you like, based on genuine psychology, because then I know it's at least going to work in some description. And when it comes down to my openers, again, same thing applies. Now, let's tap back into that whole principle of we've only got a couple of seconds, if that, before somebody makes their judgment over whether they're going to give you the time of day or not, regardless of what you say. I wanted to leverage that. And at these kind of events, the events that I kind of perform at, usually they're a lot more casual in nature, but sometimes they're not. So what I have to do there is I have to find the right people who can start my bit, my act, my show before me. So what we what we mean by that is literally people like magic. And if you're at like a wedding, for example, and people there know that there's a magician and you like magic if you turn around and you see the obvious signs of a magician just nearby you you're gonna talk to them you're gonna at least make a comment like, oh my god are you the magician 
Like that nine times out of 10 will happen just by me being there and standing in the dress code that I'm in. But what's more important than that is I wanted to really enhance that factor. I really wanted to leverage the point that I want somebody to look at me and in a matter of seconds know exactly who I am, what I'm there for, and a a little bit of info about me. So I was playing with this whole concept of, well, I just walk around with a deck of cards because at the end of the day, if you see a cards and I'm I'm doing like shuffles and flourishes and, and stuff, but I'm not really focused on it i'm not sitting there just really making sure my my flourishes are perfect and all of this kind of i'm not doing it. i'm literally just walking about with these until somebody spots me or i make eye contact with somebody and they realize that i'm the magician in that moment there i'm tapping into their psychology of like i like magic you look like a magician you're not doing anything right now, show me some magic. And they invite me into the group rather than me having to go and do this horrible professional interrupter kind of stuff that is just awkward, uncomfortable, and just we just hate it because it's like, it's just, ugh, it's icky. Well, when we were speaking to DMC, you know, the fantastic magician Drum and Money Coots, this is one of the things which he said in our in the podcast episode a while back, which go search that fantastic for uh, the perfect close-up gig, I believe we call it amazing. And, uh, and he said he hates that professional interrupter. He hates interrupting people especially at high-end events when they've they've already you know they're, they're talking about maybe business chat they've got a lot of important stuff or private conversations going on so it seems very inappropriate to just go in and and, and just kind of interrupt that and, and what we both do although we do it in completely opposite ways it's like with everything me and you do within our entertainment careers the foundations are exactly the same except we're polar opposites. What do we do that's exactly the same? We get people interested ahead of time. We play on people's pre-expectations. We get people curious. And now, if they are having conversation, if they are doing something, they stop it for us and they welcome us in naturally so that it's much more smoother. And what we play on as well, what I've really noticed with what you've said there is, is character. It boils down to your decisions. I mean, also down to the fact of you are actually interested in psychology. It's not a fad for character. Like, you, you genuinely believe it, and that's what the best characters boil down to. I'm genuinely interested in tarot reading and intuition. Therefore, I perform as a psychic, you know? So it makes it a lot easier for us. You perform like that, and I, I stick very true to my character. And through what I do, it sets the whole scene. They know what they're kind of in for. They know it's going to be slightly weirder than a card trick. And with you, you capture this pre-existing idea that they see you and instantly I realize what you're about to do so that it just plays out better. And you probably, I, I would argue, never, the same as me, you never have anyone now go, oh, I don't want to see that. Oh, I've seen card tricks before because you're literally called over. And, you know, the joy of doing what you do, the joy of doing what I do, when that first group reacts everyone looks around to see what's happening and they see you there and they see you walk away. And when you do the same intro again, People are more likely to welcome you and people really want. And then you end up with a whole venue trying to like pull your side. Like, oh my gosh, can you, can you show this? Please, please just do this. Oh, I saw you do that thing over there. Can and now you, that is a dreaming close up to create this real energy in the room. It, it doesn't seem right for me when you're doing a close up gig to just go round and just trick at a table, trick at a table, trick at a table. The dream close-up gig for me is is when there is that vibe and there's people coming up to you and dragging you around and say, oh my gosh, please come up to us. And you get the different groups involved and you walk away and there's these people who were never speaking before like, did, did, you, did you see them palm the card? Oh my gosh, how did he just predict your future? And all of this stuff 
that's the dream. And that's what's going to leave clients thinking you're the right choice for their event. They're more confident to recommend you and all the guests see how amazing you are and see that you've nailed this. And then if they've got anything coming up, they're naturally going to ask to book you. So the intro here, what we've just discussed is actually going to lead you to potentially get more gigs on top of this. Well, I think what's also worth mentioning is that they, both of those intros that we've both shared there are those start early portion of the gig intros to get momentum. You see, when we get momentum, there is a very big difference to the way we introduce uh, each other to or ourselves, not each other. That would be bizarre. We don't perform as a double act. Um, <laughs> yeah, I go as a solo actor. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Aiden. And then they're like, Who's Aiden? <laughs> now, you see, everyone will have heard of me because they'll be like, ah, oh, yes, where is he? Disappointment. Disappointment. See, with me, that makes sense. They're going to be like, oh, he's some of the spirit. It's Aiden the spirit. Oh, my gosh, he's here. Oh, no. It would work with me. But with you, they're going to be like, oh, the weird psychology guy's office now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. what's he taking? Um, no, but the point is, like, these are momentum builders right now. These are the, like, for me, like, I go out with the card tricks to get momentum, get that whole vibe going, get me more importantly dropping into the uh, the whole flow, the flow state, if you want to put it in that sense. I drop myself into this high energy engagement performance mode. I get that switched on just by leveraging some other people's preconceptions because sure. As you said there, actually, after a while, you get some great reactions, get some shouting or some whatever, whatever the case may be. It becomes very quickly known across the entire event that there's a magician. It, it happens quite quick. It'll probably happen a couple of tables in before most of the room actually realizes or knows that there's a performer and it's probably you. Like they know that. Um, so that's kind of why the other thing for, and I'm thinking here for people that either don't do card tricks or don't want to stare at people, like how, how else can this apply? Like after, whatever you do, subvert some expectations and build a bit of momentum. Get into people's groups. If you're uncomfortable having to interrupt people and say who you are, what you do, how you do it, find a way of either ditching all three of those questions like Ashley has by just going straight to the to the meat of it. Or, or for me, in this case, pre preconceive all of those questions and answer them because somebody takes a look at you. You're holding cards or shuffling cards and stuff. You know who you are, the magician. They know what you do, magic, obviously, and how you do it, cards. Presumably card tricks, even if it's tarot cards or anything like that. It just bypasses those initial three questions straight away. But then you build the momentum. And this is the other point I really wanted to bring up. For me, I always like to, to operate when I'm actually running at gigs. So not just approaching, but when I'm running at gigs is that I like to go full intense for a good period of time and then take a significant break where I step out and don't perform. And I don't mean step away from the gig or go for a walk or anything like that. I'm not like that. But what I do is instead I'll jump in straight away, perform for a few groups whilst that little mini bit of momentum is there. And then after I perform for those, if I don't have another group immediately waiting for me or they're calling me over, I'll go over to like the, the, the bar or something and I'll grab a glass of water and I'll take a drink of water. And use that opportunity there to reconnect and speak with the event organizers or the team, the venue staff or, or anybody there, because chances are, and it, this happens to me an awful lot, they ask the staff or they ask the, the people actually running the event or the event booker, oh, whereabouts is the magician? And now what, what are we doing? 
We are literally getting pointed to the tables that want to see you. So as soon as you walk over, they've asked for you rather than you having to force your way to them. It's a really nice, interesting dynamic. And uh, again, you've got to really pay attention to that because for me, I actually found out that there were people that wanted to see me early doors in the evening, but because of other situations, they didn't see me until right at the end of the evening. So they were actually a little bit impatient when it came down to the magic. You'd think that they'd be more excited, but now I was a little bit cheesed off that they wanted to see you right, right at the start. So actually taking that intense moment on of performing for a few tables, a few groups or whatever, taking that break and then going back in, it just makes sure you're seeing the right people at the right time and better understanding the guests. Does that make sense? I think that's going to also stop you. I mean, totally, but it's also going to, you know, stop you from potentially missing those people. Like we've seen it before. Entertainers go out there and it, it's going to happen at some point. You, you might miss one or two people. It's just odds, oh, isn't it? it? Statistics. Yeah. I mean, you, you travel around and they also travel around at the same time. You, you never meet people. But, but doing that and taking the break means that the people who you might potentially miss, who are really excited to see you, You've taken the time out to ask if there's anyone like that. So you can actually make a point of going over and seeing them. And you know, you know, you're going to be warm, welcomed warmly because they want you. You know, they're going to be a fantastic group. You know, you're going to enjoy performing at them. And then that is going to help snowball and momentum as well so that you can lead on to the next group. And what I like to do once I've started this, I mentioned that's how I intro. After I've done that, I like to hop from like group to group. So as I'm performing, I'll be midway through like a, a set and then I get the next group like kind of partially involved, get them thinking about stuff and then I'm performing to two groups and then I, it's like I perform to group A, I get group B involved, I wrap up with group A and I and I move to group B and then I get group C involved. So it's like I'm merging the two groups together and then moving along to like the next one. So it's like I'm never approaching a fresh group because I'm like I'm bringing them in mid-performance and then slowly moving over to them and then bring in another group in mid-performance and slowly moving over. And you know what I found, Aiden, in some venues where you perform, that sort of approach can create the friendliest atmosphere with people i've had feedback after gigs where people were like oh my gosh it was fantastic we were the only couple there we knew no one and literally at the end of the night we was just chatting to everyone the most fun i've ever had the most fun i've ever had i was chatting to everyone and the entertainment allowed them to do that it's why i've had feedback before where people like like i kid you not uh in the previous episode i mentioned uh the the second gig i done back uh post-pandemic uh lockdown and all of that where the uk opened up and and the review i got from the booker was yeah my sister came along and she rarely goes out to events and this was the first time she's actually been out the house in a very long time uh, in a good few years and it was the best, most enjoyable time she had. She found it really easy to socialize with everyone because you done that. And I was like, that that's truly magical. It's what we spoke about last episode about magic being kind of elsewhere, not in the tricks. And when you can start to now your approach and start to maybe get other people involved and, and especially this approach of what, what I've done in the past, it really creates a nice dynamic for the rest of the gig. And because everyone's friends, because everyone's talking, it's now so much more easier. I've had people move their tables together and start chatting for the rest of the night. And as you walk around, they naturally call you over and say, hey, hey, come join us, come join us. Now it becomes easy. And now there's no hassle of approaching because you're their best friend. They're your best friend and they're best friends themselves. Well, this is important stuff. And if you want to really look at beyond that, when you start playing with these different techniques and, and playing with your own little nuances and seeing what else you can get out of just 
like and again this has all just come down to playing around with the way that we approach groups and what we've got there is we've got the easiest set of gigs ever we've got no more awkward interruptions because everyone is intentional or not created by us which we're pulled into it and it's like it's really simple there and then from that what you can actually do is go even more beyond that if you find a pattern that particularly works you can productize that that then becomes like you can take that and put that as an angle in your marketing the only entertainer uh, I probably wouldn't put the only entertainer that stares at your guests, but you get the point here. It's like <laughs> you, you get to pick out the stuff that's really beneficial to the event and use that in your promo, use that in your marketing, use that as part of your sales process, which will naturally not only make your gigs, the quality of your gigs better, but get you more of them in the flipping first place, which is a, a dream landing, right? Keep keep your mouth shut because that's exactly what I do on my private client calls, and they go, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's entirely right." Oh, I get the fact that you're the most expensive magician in Kent now, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah," because I do this. Thanks, Aiden. Now everyone's gonna do it, and now my fee's gonna dwindle. Ah, oh, brilliant, brilliant. That's right, that's right everybody. Uh, we are all now the crumble magician, and our fees are the most expensive in Kent. So, so, but that's it. That's the point. Like when you start playing with your own little nuances, when it comes down to these approaching groups, there's so many doors that unlock for you and again like you might be a really great interrupter you might be a fantastic professional interrupter by which means don't scrap that like if if that really works for you and your character and you're just good at it because bear in mind you are talking to two socially inept people right now uh like or you're, or you're listening to us unless you're talking back in which case perhaps you're, you're also socially inept who knows depends where you are but at this point you're like you're listening to us and we're just sharing like here's a problem that we faced we suck and really feel uncomfortable opening and approaching groups so we found our own solutions around that and we encourage you guys to actually do the same find out areas in not just our, like your close-up sets for example but overall in your, in your life your business your, your performance career where don't you feel ultimately comfortable and find a way, like, distill it down to the absolute essence. What is the thing that you're not very comfortable with and you find awkward or troubling? And find a way around it. And and there is always a way around the things that you don't want to do. Like, I didn't want to have to constantly interrupt conversations. Now I don't have to. Same with Ashley. He didn't want to interrupt conversations, so he forced I his crumble. way in. There you go. I did it. I did it. There you go. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that. So, Ashley, here's the big question right now. If somebody doesn't do card tricks and they can't use preconceived stuff like I do or they don't want to stare at people like you do or or they just don't have a gig that's allowing them to introduce people to each other for example I can I could highly see that some high-end corporate events for example you don't get bounced around like a little ping pong ball with these kind of events and it's constantly you have to force your way in through everything how would somebody go and like and again this is just generic spitball idea conversation here how would somebody go about introducing themselves like okay you've approached your group you're in how how should we introduce ourselves to these people in a way that's not hello i do card tricks (laughs) yeah no this is exactly how i introduce myself and it's pretty much the same like once i'm in 
once I'm there. And this is the same for any of the black tie events, you know, when you've got like the big and this is like, you know, the awkward round tables where sometimes people crook into their neck, you know, those horrible tables to perform at if you've done them close up where you wherever you stand, there's always someone that's kind of facing away from you because that's just the way their chair is. And it sucks. I hate them. They've got gargantuan tables, right? They're they're like, I don't even know how they get them in the doors these days. Like, they have to, like, can they put it on their side and roll it in at a diagonal? Who knows? Tell you what, I've done gigs in the past when there was loud music, and this is why I make a point of speaking to the event bookers now. And uh, (laughs) I remember I used to lean across saying, Jill, Jill, yeah, I'm putting the coin in Alan's hand. And then she was like, what? What was he doing? Is this a trick? Is he stealing? Alan, he's stolen your money. Uh, honestly, I, I hate the tables. Um, that's a, another point which I'm sure we cover at some point. How to make sure your events run smoothly <laughs> so you don't have Jill shouting at you. Um, but yeah, one, once I'm in, I don't say hi, I'm Ashley, I'm the magician. I don't say hi, I'm Ashley, the psychic entertainer. I'm there and it's like, hey, how are you guys doing? I'm myself, I show interest in them. And it links back into the episode, uh, episode 69. Hey! It links back into <laughs> anyone who listened to that one will uh, will know because uh, I mean it's it's in the title. <laughs> uh, it's also tattooed on my finger. If anyone's curious, but that's another point. By the by, we, me and Adam, by we are actually interested in people. We're not fake. We like people. We're interested in people. And when I introduce groups, I genuinely am interested in them. I'm like, hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, what's your name? Andy, yeah, nice to meet you. I, I'm Ashley. And, and I'm having fun. You can see how my energy level's up. I've already said I'm Ashley. And now they're like, oh, he's a nice guy. Oh, what's he doing? They feel like it's going to be some entertainment. Because I'm bubbly, because I'm upmarket, it feels like entertainment because they're already entertained. If I've started with the uh, the the creepy stare and the holding on to that, I literally go in and it's like, uh, think of that. Oh, by the way, I'm Ashley and I'm a mind reader. I go into it that way because I've already captivated their attention. But but if I naturally go in and that's not my intro with the handing out the scribble and the cardboard and the staring, I'm asking about them. I'm curious about them. I'm having a joke. I'm asking what they do as a job. I'm, I'm having a little joke about maybe what they do as a job. The best comedians do that. I take it into my sets because I love it with comedians. I do that. They're naturally going to ask me. They do, what do you do as a job? Oh, I just waffle and talk. It gets a joke. It gets a joke. <laughs> and, and then I and then I ruin the joke by saying, oh, no, no, I'm a mind reader. And then I pause and everyone's like, what? Is is that a joke? And I was like, no, that's not a joke. <laughs> i got to show you guys something. <laughs> But now it's upbeat and it's funny. I've taken the time to be interesting, first of all, rather than show them a card trick. Does that make sense? Like, I'm interested in them. I've expressed interest. I know about them. I know their names now. And now they're going to be more interested in me. It's one of the things we spoke about about in the previous episode, me and you done uh, magic not being in the tricks, magic without tricks. Well, there's something else as well that I want to touch on like at the end of the day yes like we're in that's how we can introduce ourselves but we've always got and i love like ignoring my own questions here we've always got the opportunity of what if we don't introduce ourselves and i'm not saying walk into a group say hi everybody and then just lurk i'm not talking about that at all i'm not talking about just yeah exactly i'm not saying go go be a mime for people Uh, instead it can actually start a little bit before that um for example you know i said a minute ago that i like to take these pauses after i've done an intense level of performance like i'm I'm 
ramp up the energy level. And I love that performance. And then I take that break and find out where I'm going next if I've got a plan. And if nobody has a plan, then I reset and need to build that momentum. But one of the things that's really great, I, I can't say I've done it a lot. Um, so this is literally based on a couple of performance runs. So take it or leave it or explore your own route. For me, one of the things that I loved doing was that I either lied to the venue staff or I persuaded the event booker and to do one thing, take me to the people that want to see me or take me to the people that might want to see me. Because if I like, and what I mean by lying to the event staff is like, oh yeah, the people over, uh, uh, like these, these kind of people wanted to see you or they'll tell me their, their names or what they look like or anything. I'll out and out lie if I know where they are in the room. I, I I actually can't see the. Would you mind just showing me? And now they literally walk me to that table. It feels a bit childish here and a bit like oh naughty naughty school child here. But they walk me straight to the table, introduce me directly to the one person that asked me for or asked them for me more importantly, and I'm in the group. Somebody else has done the whole who you are, what you are. And, and then the other thing with the event supplier is like, or the event booker or, or the client or whatever you want to call that person, the person that got you there in the first place. One of the things that I like doing with those is that if they're out the way for a minute, I'll talk to them. I'll go and talk to them, find out how the event's going from their end, make sure that they're okay and that they're not having any mid-event crises that do happen and just lure them over. Like, is there anybody here that you think could love magic? Oh, all right. Well, have you got a minute? Come on, come on over. Now, people at that event turn to the person that arranged the event because why? Not because I'm there, but because they arranged the event. They turn to have that conversation or bring that person in the group. And I just so happen to be there as well. It's sneaky. It's horrible. It's deceptive, but it makes it so much easier. You sneaky bugger. <laughs> psychology mate it's psychology that's what i'm claiming that one as not just my socially ineptitude but look this is easy stuff and uh, i really hope you guys uh listening now i really hope you're listening can take Please this listening. and no well, I, I, I hope you're listening full stop to be honest keep coming back we love you uh your eardrums it's fantastic. just we get so many listens on this but really it's just the one bot with us on autoplay it's, it, maybe it's my phone. It's broken. It's just all not play. We think, yeah, we got 22,000 downloads. <laughs> nah, it's just my phone just playing in a loop. Constant loop. That's all it is. No one's listening. <laughs> but I really hope this, this, you know, provokes thoughts and shows different ways, different ideas in which you can approach groups and, and do it so it's not awkward. Do it so it's easier for you and do it so you can maximize the effect and impact you have at the gigs. And you no longer have to feel like that weird person going, oh, I've got to interrupt conversation. It was one of DFC's big problems. That's why he sits at a table so he doesn't do it. You take these approaches, easy, the easiest thing in the world. And that's a big thing that we are advocates of, 80-20ing everything. We've 80-20ed the approach aid and we just made it easy, made it simple, cut out all the waffle, the stuff you don't need, got straight to the core. Ah, we just need to do this. That's it. Productivity hacking your approach. Well, this is it. We looked at what is essential right now. What is essential that we make a good introduction and we don't fluff it up. So how do we do that? We Well, we look at the one thing that is the most important in that moment and use that. Like, this is all interesting stuff. And ultimately, this conversation can be continued. And in fact, we will continue this conversation. If you're listening to this right now, we would love you to come and actually share your thoughts with us. And there's a few different ways that you can actually do that. Step number one is to actually leave a little review of this episode on your favorite podcast player. Like, 
by all means, whack a, I think most of them do a star reviews and a little testimonial thingy of like, oh, I love this podcast. Um, be specific. Why not talk about this specific episode? Share your biggest insight, what you thought of our thoughts. We'd love to actually hear it there. And again, that helps more people that see this show actually listen to it in the first place. Because if I were you, I wouldn't go buying random crap off of eBay without looking at the reviews. So not saying that we're random crap on eBay, but the point is still there. I've been there. I've had some weird stuff arrive, mate. Oh my gosh, what's come through the post? My postman hates me, I tell you that. You get blooming foxes, sheep, and custard. Foxes, sheep, and custard? That's definitely not what I thought. Like, my brain didn't equal what my mouth was going to say there. That was bizarre. <laughs> anyway, wow. mo- moving on. The second place that you can come and continue this conversation about opening your set, a close up set, approaching grooves, all of that kind of fun stuff, whatever we chatted about today, my brain is gone. Come over into the TSM network. You can head over and join us at thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash community. And if you're already a member of our community, make sure that you've downloaded the mobile app. All of the details about that. They're, they're actually in the network so log into the network and you'll be able to find the, the the details in there but come and have that conversation we're going to share a question on the the day this episode actually launches come and share your thoughts simple as that come and what do you do to approach groups do you do anything we do do we do anything that you do more importantly who knows who knows and to keep the continuity if you had big mole michael at the table how do you entertain him for anyone that listened a few episodes back. See, I told you, we wouldn't forget. Hey, it sticks, it sticks, it's a good way. With that said, we will see you guys soon. Honestly, hop over, have a chat with us, leave those reviews, and we will see you in the network. My name's been Ashley Green. That over there has been Aidan O'Sullivan. And we will wish you a very good day. Take care, ta-ta. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz, and we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum and we'll send you all of the details.